Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! That woo came at 2 a.m., folks. Yeah, it sure did. We want to thank you guys for tuning in on this Black Friday. Not black here in Starkville. A golden Friday in Starkville. But we want to thank you guys for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever you get podcasts. Always glad to have you with us, especially the servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We'll talk about our sponsors later in the show when we get to those uh, particular segments. They Both of them have some great Black Friday specials for you guys to check out. But before we do anything else, Mississippi State 21, Ole Miss 20, and maybe the craziest Egg Bowl of all time, I have to know, Joel T. Coleman, what's Calls it all that. Well, my good friend that used to play at the University of Alabama, Forrest Gump, his mom once said, stupid is as stupid does. What's causing all that, Brian Adad, was a whole lot of stupid. How stupid do you got to be to score the game-tying touchdown? All you got to do is kick the extra point. And you hike your leg like a dog. And all of a sudden, your kicker, who, by the way, isn't Mr. Automatic anyway, gets moved 15 yards further back. Everyone in the stadium knew what was fixing to happen. You could feel it. Yeah. Kick up. Kick no good. And all of a sudden, Brian, the golden egg, she resides in Stark Vegas for yet another year. And not only does stupidity cause all that, because of that stupidity... It at least, presumably, as we sit here today, means Joe Moorhead keeps his job. It exa- we'll talk about that more in a minute, I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, stupidity means that Mississippi State's bowl streak is now at 10. 10. I said 10. Yeah. Isn't that Billy Bob from something like that? He's sure. 10. Uh, anyway. I- either way, State's now one of just five teams in the Southeastern Conference to go to a bowl game in every year of this decade. Mm-hmm. Joe Moorhead, as hot as the seat may and have really, been. really, by the way, just for the point, it's it's really four. Because one of them is Texas A&M. Who was not in the SEC who was not in this for the entirety of the decade. Correct. Um, but, yeah, in one felt hike of the leg and fake pee on the fire hydrant, State won the Egg Bowl. State is, I guess, and we'll talk about it some more, keeping its coach. And State's going back to a bowl, all caused by some good old-fashioned stupidity. I would pay money to have been in Elijah Moore's head. He catches the ball and immediately gets on all fours to recreate the DK Metcalf celebration right in front of the referee. I would pay $250. That's my cap. <laughs> to to be in his brain with him, like I'm gonna do this. This is a good idea. He had to talk himself into it. Man. You you know you're getting penalized. Yeah. You know you're going back 15 yards. Yeah. You know your kicker, like I said a minute ago, is do not Mister Automatic. Think he thought, well, the penalty's on the kickoff, so who cares? And credit to Joe Moorhead and staff, by the way. I was on the sideline. The ref says there was some be, confusion. That would be second. a the kickoff, and Moorhead and a couple other assistant coaches—they basically ran out there like, "No, we want it here." Yeah, and the 
and what kills me is Hubert Owens. How on earth would you think they'd want anything but that? Who cares what the kickoff is meaningless? You're going to push them back on the extra point, and I credit to the MSU uh, stadium, the crowd, because uh, they knew it was go- no good before I did. My angle was terrible, but as soon as it went off his foot, they started cheering, and that's the final score, 21-20, and one of the – you and I could live to be 140 and not see another one like that. No question about that. I mean, I, when people talk about Egg Bowl rankings, I know this was two teams that aren't going anywhere other than right. the state's going to Tennessee probably somewhere for a bowl. Man, you're just hitting me up here. You got you got all sorts of things that are true well, popping out in your conversation. <laughs> well, well, what I'm saying is this isn't two national champions out there battling it, duking no, it out, no, but no, how no. could you have had a more entertaining football game than you that? You couldn't have. Fantastic. Fantastic game. All right. This Black Friday, you need to head down to College Corner, and you need to get there early. First off, I'll let you know that College Corner is a proud sponsor of not only the Thunder and Lightning podcast, but of these are the things that are true. Black Friday at College Corner is savings works like this. If you're there from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., they will take 50% off. That's, that's half. Half of your purchase price. 30% off from 10 a.m. to 1, 1 p.m. to close. 20% off. So if you can get up early and get to College Corner, you're going to save big, big money. And there's a couple of uh, polos on this uh, this promo they sent me. Columbia Fleece Zip-Up Polos. Mississippi State Maroon Ole Miss Red. They're pretty sweet. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Yeah. If you see anyone in College Corner buying Ole Miss uh, you know, apparel, point and laugh. No, no, no. No, no, no. Go right over to them. Get down on all fours and hike your leg up and then walk away. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. <laughs> you go to work today. You got an old Miss coworker. Walk over to him. Get down on all fours. Hike your leg up. Walk away. If you married an old Miss woman and you know who I'm talking to, go hike your leg up and walk away. That should be the new greeting in this state for the next 365 days. You see somebody red and blue, down on all fours, hike your leg up, walk away. Oh, my gosh. Nobody's throwing the flag on you there. Isn't it funny how history just comes back to bite you? Well, we're about to talk about some of those things. But anyway, just make it clear. Two locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Those both these discounts are good at both locations. They include the entire store, all everything in the store. You can get fifty percent off from seven a.m. to ten a.m. Thirty percent off from ten a.m. to one. One to close is twenty percent off. So get there early and save a lot of money at College Corner. These are the things that are true, and there are fourteen of them. Oh, I can't wait! Fourteen of them, and it's like two fifteen a.m., guys. We are going to see the sunrise, and I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I hadn't had any Stranger Coffee House because I got done after Stranger yeah, Coffee closed. But you, I, might, you might get there. I might get there for the morning touchdown. 5.30 a.m. But I feel like I just had it. Like, I'm, I don't know. After, you know, after a game you know like that and all the comedy and all the everything and all the fire post-game, like, yeah. I'm jacked. Let's yeah. go. You know who I feel bad for? Richard Cross. Because, A, first off, don't miss Sports Talk Mississippi today at 3 p.m. Because <laughs> that's going to be something. But... My man is on with Paul Gallo at 7.20 this morning, he said. He Ooh. just got back to Oxford. Uh, I will be on the JT Show at 10.20. If you want to tune in to that, I will recap the Egg Bowl with JT. About five minutes after you wake up at 10.15. I have an alarm set for 10.15. <laughs> it is set. 
<laughs> Number one thing that is true. What the hell did I just watch? <laughs> that game did not go according to anybody's plan. Did you see my tweet before the game? Something to the effect of, here comes the most unpredictable yeah, I, egg bowl. I said something similar. Something like, like that. Like, I was like, it's always well, something in the egg bowl. This could be one of the craziest ones ever. And I, that includes the next two days after it. I've never seen anything like that. I never, probably never will again. Uh, I wasn't there in 83 when the kick blew back. I was there in 99. This is up there. We're about to do, talk about that in just a minute. But if you're a neutral uh, observer, if you're somebody who just wanted to watch college football Thursday night, Thanksgiving, you got the most entertaining game you might ever see in your life. It had it all. And I thought State played pretty well. You know, they, they, they lacked some offensively. Defensively, they played well enough to win, even with the, the the ending being what it was. Just an incredible game. And that is that's up there for me with like the Cal Stanford, the band is on the field, uh, some of the crazy Hail Marys, you know, like the Boise State game. That's in that same pantheon for me of the craziest college football endings you'll ever see. A football team lost a game because a guy acted like he was peeing like a dog. Just say that out loud. I don't know if you saw that. You know, R.J. Morgan, I think, was working for the AP tonight, and he got that into the article about fake urination. <laughs> I mean, like... Oh, I, I, I wrote it in my story, I, too. I mean, I when you... As a, <laughs> I mean, I as, a, as a writer, when you were trying to put this crap uh, into words... I mean, That's and you're trying one. to paint the picture of, of what went on. There's only so many things you can say to try and describe how how it goes down. I mean, I, I'll just I'll just read it to, to you from my story. Uh, let's see. The Rebels found one of the most unique ways in football history to lose to the Bulldogs. Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral hit receiver Elijah Moore in the end zone for what looked to be a game-time touchdown with just four seconds left. All the Rebels needed to tie the game was the extra point, but there was one problem. Moore celebrated his touchdown by getting on, on all fours in the end zone and hiking his leg like a dog pretending to urinate. That was in my game story. I wrote a game story that included a guy pretending to urinate like a dog. See, I wasn't. I was a little more vague. I just said he decided to reenact DK Metcalf's fire hydrant celebration. Speaking of which, number two thing that is true, want to thank you, DK Metcalf. You set the, the bar. You set the template for stupidity. Everybody thought it was so cute and funny. You know, I'm going to have to slip into fan mode a little bit. You're just going to have to begrudge me that. But everybody thought it was so cute and funny and edgy. And, oh, look at DK. It's hilarious. Those leg humpers. You know, they say revenge is a dish best served cold. Uh, so, so, so sometimes are Thanksgiving leftovers by that same token. And uh, this is what happens. What's funny, and uh, credit to Justin Strawn on Twitter for pointing this out, is Matt Luke made a big deal about Metcalf's penalty in 2017. So we'll, we'll use this as an example going forward. I don't believe him. I don't believe that he did that. I believe he probably yucked it up and thought it was hilarious and... Now you lost because somebody else thought they could pull that off. And it's you, know, you can pull that off when you're up 31 to 10 or whatever Ole Miss was at that time. You can't pull it off when it's going to cost you yardage in a, on a crucial extra point. You just can't do that. The only reason there's only one reason to do that. And that's because you're dumb. You're dumb. Stupidity. I don't care if he's a 4-0 student. I don't know. I don't know Elijah Moore. Never going to probably never going to meet him. But he, he, he's dumb. That's just dumb. There's no way around that. 
It just is what it is. Number three, my all-time Egg Bowl craziness rankings. This is number one for all time for me. I'm yeah. going top five, 2019, 1983, 1999, 1997, 2013. That's where we're going with that. You'll never see it. The, the, I don't think we'll ever see a crazier one. I guarantee. I'm willing to guarantee. This is a thing that is true. I will guarantee there is never another egg bowl that is lost because someone hiked their leg and pretended to piss in the end zone. <laughs> I'll guarantee it. <laughs> By the way, just want to point out that since the uh, creation of sixpackspeak.com, I have fought the good fight trying to keep silly names for the universities off the internet. But I don't see how I can fight that anymore, and that old piss is just going to have to be happening from now on. <laughs> I don't see any way around that. I, I'm not one to stem the tide on that one. The piss and the miss. The piss <laughs> and the miss. 20 years after the pick and the kick, we get the piss we, and the, the miss. The 20-year anniversary of the kick <laughs> celebrated by the piss and the miss. How old am I? Oh 44? I'll be 44 uh, tomorrow as we're recording. So when I'm 64, we will record, we will do the 20th anniversary of the piss and the mess. Brad, we do this for a living. We watch this kind of stuff for a living. We watch kids play football and pee in the end zone. When I when I I, I wish Ben Garrett was here. Oh, I, what a life! I would, I would hike live. my leg on him. Uh, oh. Yes. So 2019 is the craziest egg bowl of all time. I'm putting it at number one. Number four. Well, you may not like this one, but I'm calling it right now. Joe Moorhead ain't going nowhere. If he's going somewhere, well, he put on a hell of a show. And, man, he got – the one thing I was thinking, watching him talk to us, and when I talk to us, I mean directly to Joel and me during it his press really conference. really did feel like it. I felt like he was staring a laser right through me. But I can only imagine what that press conference would have been like if he had lost. He was that agitated and angry and fired up in victory – in defeat, it might have been a whole lot uglier. Um, when just at us, though, because that Egg Bowl win, Brian, it was for the majority. The majority of, of the fans. fans. He, he 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 had some things to say. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to begrudge him any of that because the man has taken a beating. He has taken a pounding. And, and, and you ask yourself. Yeah. You know, and by you, I mean the I'm listener. Just a man. If someone has, has just tweeted and piled crap after crap after crap after crap on top of you. Well, the crap crap is high today, Eventually, John. eventually you're going to swing back You're going to have to swing back And I don't, I don't begrudge don't him begrudge a bit you. of that. You know, and, and, and honestly, that emotion is something MSU fans have wanted to see. Yep. But if he is, is still leaving, if something is in the works to get him out, then that, that, was, then that doesn't make any sense. For him to come out there and be that adamant, that fired up, that that stone faced and stubborn about it, no chance. Joe Moorhead is, is going to be your coach in twenty twenty. And I, if he is, if he absolutely is, I'm not calling out Mississippi State, but they've they've kind of done him a little bit of a disservice they tonight. They have because I've given them the once again as soon as the press conference was over, uh, I wanted to talk to Cohen face to face. He immediately left the room, like. In, I, I literally could not get to John Cohen before the press conference was over. Mm-hmm. I texted him. We sit here now at, what, 2.15 a.m.? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Radio silence. All you have to say, I'm not looking for a statement. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for some gigantic quote. I'm not looking for a, all you have to say is, yes, he will return. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
All, that that was literally all. And, and in the way I worded my text, all I all he had to say was three letters: Y E S. Yeah. And and John's always pretty good about answering questions, getting back to you, that sort of deal. He tweeted a time or two after I sent that. I he know he tweeted. saw. I yeah. know he saw the text. Had yeah. to have, and didn't respond. Yeah. And so, my thing is, if he is back, and Mississippi State knows he's back. I mean, crap, man. There's an early signing period coming. There's all this other kind of stuff. Should, should they maybe on some, maybe maybe they were trying to say something up? Because here's the thing, and and so this might hurt some people to hear, but if he's coming back, they're going to extend him. You have to, because in the state of Mississippi, it's a four year. They're extension, going to give him another year. And if you don't give him four years, so maybe then, they're just going to wait to you know maybe at the Connerly on Tuesday to announce an extension. And that's why they're just not saying anything just yet. Possible. You know, this is a, this is a year that I don't even know that I would announce the extension. I would just roll him over and give him that fourth year. Yeah, and, but somebody, and big... somebody like you will. Well, I mean, not, not that it I'm, would not, be revealed. Not, I'm not trying to do to uh, dump on you there. I'm just saying that s- some reporter is going to file a Freedom of Information. Yes, act. to find that out, and that's okay. But I'm saying I don't know if, if I'm Mississippi State after the struggles of this year and the ups yeah. and downs that you have some parade be like, oh, he's extended. You know, I just don't know that you do that. But I do feel like you should at least say. Yes, he's coming back, especially after he stood up there yeah. tonight and did what he did. And literally pounded the table. And yes, because if he's not coming back, he, then tonight looked foolish yeah, a he, little bit. He's coming back. He's coming back. Number five. And I, I think he is, too. I'm, I'm going to make an example here. Number five. Uh, after the game, Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated messaged me. Um, said he wanted to come down here. He couldn't sell his bosses on four and six versus five and, five, five and six versus four and seven. Um, but he said this situation reminds him a lot of LSU in 2015. He said there was real smoke around Les Miles. He was going to be removed. And his quote was, then somebody opened a window. That's what has happened here. Joe Moore had opened the window, and now the smoke seems to have gone. You know when I knew he wasn't going to leave, by the way? When incarcerated Bob said it was going to happen. That guy's never right. Well, I'll tell you what. Just don't ever believe that guy. Here's something else to think about, though, Brian. Mm. The guy that kept Les Miles and Les Miles Mm -hmm. are neither one still at LSU. That's true. I don't think those two things are connected. I don't think so either, necessarily. But, But, you know, and Les Miles the next year was run out. Yeah. He was. But. This may not be a popular opinion Mm -hmm. because I know that there were a lot of folks that entered the Egg Bowl. Just dead set on this is Joe Swan song. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for Joe Morehead. I like Joe. I like and Joe. And I've said it a bunch of times. I do. I, I, I think he understands what we do. In fact, I mean, you know, he's he said tonight, and it actually may have been when he was leaving mm-hmm. tonight. It may not have been in the presser. He, Tyler was talking to him for just a second, and, uh-huh. and he was like, I understand what you guys do. I've sat in that chair before. Yeah. Like, he, he was kind of like, I get why you guys have to ask the questions right, you're right, asking. Right. I really appreciate that from him. I, I feel like as a media member, and I know it did look like as he was talking tonight, he was talking to me and you. I don't know that he was, but it did look that way a Staring little bit. Staring right at me, Joel. <laughs> Particularly you. But yeah. uh, but I, I, everything about Joe, I, I, don't know I if think you noticed, he's a genuine by the way, with dude. me, when he was staring at me, I had a little smile on my face. I was like, <laughs> it was, my, my smile was basically like, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks go ahead, for the go clip, ahead with Jeff. what you're saying, though. But no, I, I just... I think sometimes in in the human emotion and in the everything we we kind of lose sometimes rooting for just good people to succeed. I root for good people to succeed. I think Joe is a good dude. Yeah, I I think he's a family man. I think that he's he's just an all around good dude. And so I I genuinely hope 
that he finds success, lots of success in his career. And maybe tonight was a starting point for him. Um, we so anyway, see. we, will, well, we see. will see. I don't know that he will. I'm not saying that he will. Yeah. But I like seeing good folks I'll succeed. I'll be So amazed. I'm happy for I, Joe. I, I, is it fair to say that if Joe Moorhead goes to the Connerly presentation, he's the head coach in 2020? I mean. That's Tuesday. If he's still the coach on Tuesday, he's the coach. I think, I that, think so. I think so, too. Okay. Number six. This is what I have been talking about when I say I'm not giving any blame to Bob Shoup. Look at the way the defense plays with those two, with those three guys out there. Autry yeah. made a couple of key plays, but he was able to control the interior of the line. Willie Gay and Marcus Murphy both had a turnover. The, the defense would have been good this year with those two guys. You took a quarterback that averaged rushing 123.6 yards a game, was running up the yardage on LSU, Bama, and everybody. Auburn. Auburn, and you held him to 34? Or yeah, we'll talk about that. 34. 34 yards, one point, yeah. one point something yards to carry. That defense was okay. They're, if, they're good. They're good. Yeah. You know, 384 yards, not bad. So, so guess what? Yeah. You want to defend Joe? Some of it was circumstantial a little yeah. bit. Three and one when the suspended guys played, and the only one in there that they lost, the defense didn't lose it. The yeah. offense lost it. Yeah. Um, and really, I mean, they gave up 14 points. Or sorry, twenty points. Seven of that is on a special teams error that gave Ole Miss a short field. You know, in reality, the defense had one bad sequence, and that was giving up the fourth and twenty-four. Other than that, they played yeah. really, really well. That and uh, the opening series of the game before Ole Miss fumbled wasn't exactly impressive. Wasn't great, but but, but they, they settled they in. The yeah, they did force they forced a turnover, and from then on, they were brilliant. We said that turnovers were going to be key. Three of them for Ole Miss tonight, and and. And State had one, is that right? State had one, and one of Ole Miss was in the red zone, a backbreaker. That, that Marcus Murphy pick was huge, huge, because it looked like Corral coming in, which I don't I don't disagree with. I thought that was might have been the right call, but huge play there for Mississippi State. Yeah, because State was bottling up the run. Yep. I mean, Speaking of that, number seven, you could have owned my house, my cars, and all my worldly possessions if you had gotten me to bet on John Rice Plumley having less than 35 yards rushing. Holy cow, man. 34 yards they held that boy to. He had made everybody look like fools the past few weeks, and State completely bottled him up. Completely bottled him up. Had the right game plan. They did spy him with different guys. They had him. They, he had no nothing tonight. And, and nothing. Did you hear what Errol said, Errol Thompson said I missed, post-game? I didn't, I didn't talk to Errol post-game. So go Errol ahead. said post-game pretty much exactly what I believe you said in the days leading up to this game. Push everything to the middle of the field. Yeah. That was the game plan. Spy them. Don't let them get anything on the outside. Make them run north-south and have to outrun the entire defense to get by you kind of deal. That's what State did. And they... I mean, what was their long run tonight? Like oh. every... Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had it run for front of you. I don't have the stats, no. And I'm, I'm talking, about, I'm I'm talking about everybody. I, not just Plumlee, but Ely and all of them. I, I don't think they had a run over about 15 yards. I think they may have had one or two of that length or about. I got to find... Because, well, you know, it was yesterday now, so... Oh, my bad. I don't know if I can find it. List all schools. Hold on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to create chaos there. But my point being... That Ole Miss didn't have any of, or many of those explosive runs from anybody. Plumley, Ely, Connor, any of them. And so, anyway, 
outstanding. Long run of the night was 14 yards. For the yeah, Rebels. didn't didn't crack 15 yards on the ground. Yeah, in any run. Ely had a good game, 15 carries for 82 yards, but Plumley 18 carries, 34 yards. Snoop Connor 11 carries, 31 yards. Would not, would, did not expect that's, State, that's the top rushing offense in the SEC, folks. State's holding to 139 yards. I mean, that's that's a good job as a team. As when a team. when the quarterback alone usually averaged about that. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Where are we? Number. Uh, let me close this because it's just bothering me. All right, number eight. Offensively, I like State's game plan, and I will agree with Joe Moorhead whenever he talks about execution errors. There were just some of those. I think part of that was. You know, Schrader was I, I was just not ready. He didn't. He wasn't as sharp as he was earlier in the season, especially in the passing game. He didn't do much in the running game except for he, you know he scored two touchdowns, but he, he didn't have a whole lot of yards. They basically were. They said that we're going to put this on Kylan Hill's shoulders, and he's either going to carry us to victory or not. And that's what he did. Don't forget Nick Gibson. And Nick Gibson deserves a special place in Mississippi State's. Uh, hearts. Yes, because he is a player that could have been anywhere else. He could have gone elsewhere. He could have. He could have been a starting tailback. Just in the SEC, could have started at probably five or six different schools. Very talented player, and was just content to be here and be a bulldog and do those things. And I mean, I think he deserves some respect. Three carries, fifty-seven yards, including a touchdown. Um, was just. Just a phenomenal player for State tonight. Kylan Hill, 27 carries, 132 yards. Good night for him. Didn't didn't get in the end zone, but said in post game that on both of Schrader's touchdowns, he told him he's like, "You need to pull the ball. They're keying on me. You can get in." And he was right. He was right. I mean, it worked. <laughs> That's the difference in the game is Schrader's two touchdowns. I mean, Schrader only had 12 carries for 19 yards. Now you know there's some sack yardage in there, obviously, but he had the two touchdowns, which are you know the difference in the game. If you told me State was going to have three rushing touchdowns and and Kylan Hill wouldn't have any of them, I don't know that I would have believed that uh, prior to the game. But you know, kudos to Schrader for being ready to play. Obviously, with Stevens, uh, you know that 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 news started to come out around mid afternoon, early afternoon on 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 Thursday that that Stevens was going to be hurt and couldn't couldn't go. And Perjo Moorhead, no clue what it is, but upper body, upper body. So, Uh, but Schrader, uh, you know, ten of fourteen in passing, not couldn't didn't do much in terms of you know. The long pass plays, nothing longer than 23 yards, and that was a, a pass and catch and run from Farad Green, a little quick dump off that he was able to take down the field. Dedrick Thomas had four catches for 49 yards, so he had a pretty solid night uh, tonight. But Kylan Hills, the game plan was Kylan Hills going to lead us to victory, and that's what he did. Uh, let's see here. Number nine. Use whatever word you want to describe it, but there will never be a more hilarious egg bowl than this one. This was the funniest egg. I want to say it again. One more. Time. It feel, I feel like I, I need to repeat it. Ole Miss lost because someone decided to to simulate the act of a dog urinating on a fire hydrant in the end zone in front of the referees, and so they by doing so backed up his, his kicker, who is not good, and they missed an extra point to tie the game. What? That's how the game... That's something out of a movie. That's like literally like, all right, so then Jamie Foxx scores the touchdown and he decides to hike his leg and, and then they miss the extra point. And then he has... Then the character arc is he redeems himself through that. That's the, that's a movie script, right? I don't know what you call it. Pissed off? I don't know. But we've, we've used a lot of... I think piss is one of our words. So I feel like we're using a lot. I'm sorry. Crap counters high, yeah. word counters high. I even yeah. I even uh 
Did you drop someone else? I, I, well, I, I said ass on Twitter, and I just said it on the podcast. My God, Joel. I was quoting Joe Moorhead, though. It doesn't so matter. If you, you repeat what the You coach... said it. You can always come up with another way of saying it. You say the A word. I said A-double-S. You just said it again. S? A-double-S? No, you didn't say S. You didn't say double-S. You said double-something else. Joel, anyway. you're... You don't have to go to church. Anyway, you got to to get Joe Moorhead out of Starful. You got to drag his Yankee self out of here. But Joel, but I just quoted him. Joel, <laughs> I'm gonna be laughing about this one for a long time. <laughs> I, I I'm excited. I, I need to go back and watch the replay because I need to hear more of what Pat McAfee had to say. I don't know if anybody saw Pat McAfee tonight, but he was dressed to the nines, and by that he, I mean he was wearing a blazer and a pair of cutoff jean shorts. Uh, so he was really ready to dress the part here in the great state of Mississippi. And on the Garrett Schrader wardrobe, basically. Basically, yeah. You know, so I don't you think I've ever that. seen Schrader in the blazer, but I've seen we've seen him in the cutoff shorts. You've got that. Elijah Moore, I can't believe this that he fair catched fair caught a punt after he caught it, and that's not the biggest mistake that he made on the night. Because he also simulated the act of a dog urinating on a fire hydrant and cost his team the game. Say it without laughing. Say it without smiling. It's I impossible. I bet there's a lot of folks wearing red and blue and living in Oxford that could probably say it without laughing. They, even they should know it's funny. <laughs> in time, perhaps. Speaking of Elijah Moore, his name, number 10, now among the most unforgettable players in this game for all the wrong reasons. His name is right there with like Artie Cosby, who great player, great kicker for MSU, but he's the kick that blew back. Uh, Bo Wallace. Wallace Bo Wallace. Wallace in, in the end zone. Um, you know, Romero Miller throwing up the pass that Eugene Clinton kicks up in, or Barbine kicks up in the air. Just all this stuff. You know, all these things. Now Elijah Moore's name is in there. The the great part about it is he totally deserves it. Because he made a dumb, 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 dumb decision and cost. He cost his team the game, Joel, because he simulated urinating on a fire hydrant as if he were a dog. What's he thinking? I will never. You know, I'm 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 an older man, right? I'm I'm getting old. I'm not like shaking my fist at the cloud old. I'm hip. I think I know what some of the stuff is going on. <coughs> And what, so I'm not like talking about like these kids today, but what the hell is that guy thinking? What is going through his brain? I mean, I cannot imagine. And you know, I'm sure Matt Luke said all the right things in post game about you know a teachable moment and blah blah blah. But if that, there's still any paint on the wall in the visitors' locker room at Mississippi State, Matt Luke did it wrong. There shouldn't be any left. He should have screamed until the paint fell off the walls. And why do you should he have done that, you ask? Why? Because one of his players simulated the act of urinating on a fire hydrant like a dog and cost his team the game. All of that actually happened. <laughs> Where are we here? Number The only thing funnier, I think, is hearing you describe the thing. Yeah. Number 11, <laughs> Ole Miss should get the jump on MSU and just fire Matt Luke. He's got to go. He, you're really going to go another year with this guy? 
This now, didn't you just say it like a week ago, a week or two ago that? But it's not going anywhere. It's not. <laughs> and I get. I feel like he's done a better job than Ole Miss fans give him credit for. But they they they're it's six and six to five and seven to four and eight. And next year's schedule is brutal. They're gonna start like one and five next year. Yeah. I mean, they're, but they're, they're going to start like one and five next year, regardless of who the coach is. So maybe prob- you just let probably? him. Maybe you just let him bite the bullet, and then you, uh, they'll probably fire him midseason yeah. next year. But get the jump. This somebody made a good point about about Matt Luke. I forget who it was, but this is a guy that not only could he not be a head coach anywhere else in the country, he couldn't even be an offensive coordinator anywhere else in the country. Like, who would hire Matt Luke to run their offense? Nobody. 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 Not good. Number 12. Mississippi State will go to a bowl game in Tennessee. Nashville or Memphis? Book your rooms. It's going to be one of those two. I think Houston is the real dark horse, like really, really out there, because State has not been to that bowl in this uh, current structure. And last year they took Vanderbilt at 6-6. They took Missouri a couple years before that at 6-6. So it could happen. But I would say that Music City and Liberty are your likely destinations for Mississippi State. So an, either an ACC team or a Big 12 team will be the opponent. Um, if you want to start looking at stuff like that, like my first thought, honestly, with with the, with uh, the Music City Bowl was, could you get a, a North? Could you get North Carolina? See, so you, you see Mac Brown and Phil Longo. I think seeing Phil Longo would probably warm Bob Shoup's heart. To be totally honest, I think he has an idea of how to shut down that defense. <laughs> If you if you if Bob Shoop can offense, sh- offense I can, if Bob Shoop can shut down uh, Phil Longo's offense with AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, and uh, well not DK Metcalf he wasn't playing but but Demarcus Lodge and Dawson Knox and all those guys I feel like he can do it again uh, or they could be in the uh, the Big Twelve or the Liberty Bowl which is a Big Twelve team so who's who's down the Oklahoma State maybe um, I don't know what Texas Tech's record is all Texas. A five-loss Texas team. There's a fellow beat writer that I can't wait to see how he oh, handles that. That one. would be that'd be really funny. To be totally <laughs> honest with you, but I think it'll be one of those two. I think it's probably if you said put percentages, I would say seventy-five Music City, twenty-three Liberty, two to Texas. That's my percentages right now. Maybe maybe a little closer on the Liberty and the Music City. Hundred percent chance thunder and lightning rolls into town wherever it's at. That's true. Number 13, uh, I will be in Jackson on Tuesday for the Connerly Trophy presentation, and that should go to Kylan Hill. Yep. Uh, I think his second-best competition is Jack Abraham down at USM. He's had a fantastic year. And I do think that if Southern had won last Saturday and clinched a spot in the Conference USA title game, that he would probably win it, but they didn't. I'm going to ask you a question here that you probably don't know the answer to off the top of your head, but sure. I'll ask anyway. Is there a small school guy? How, well, no. How far ahead is is Kylan in, in the fan voting in the SEC rushing yardage race? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I know he's leading it. Yes, he is uh, leading it. So I don't see. And how of course, you know, you got to realize that Edwards, Hilaire, and have Swift, more games to play. Well, not only that, they haven't played this week. Yes. So let's see here. I don't know if it's going to be up to date or not. I just feel like if you lead the SEC in rushing yardage when the voting is held, you should win the award. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm not going to disagree. Regardless of where you play school. Okay. Or play school. Where play football you, at. No, we didn't come here to play school. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> I don't know if this is act, if this is, is up to if this is up to the minute. Let me see if I can figure that out. Looking at SECsports.com. Well, tell me how many Kylan has there, and I'll tell you if it's up to okay. the minute. Okay, 
That's not up to the minute. It's twelve fifteen plus what he had tonight. You so, sure? Yes, because he had twelve fifteen when the night started. All right. Well, then he's at thirteen, uh, thirteen six, almost thirteen seventy. So that means he is two hundred and thirty yards ahead of both Edward Solaire and DeAndre Swift. Of course. So he's probably at least regular season going to be the SEC. He will be the rushing leader probably for the SEC in the regular season, but they will get at least one extra game each because they will have the SEC championship game against each other. So it's unlikely he'll lead the conference. I, I think Kylan – John Rice Plumley's out. He's Tonight killed him. He got no chance. Uh, but it's between Hill and Abraham, and I think it'll end up being Kylan Hill. It's just tough for Southern or for anybody other than State or Ole Miss to get a guy, particularly when they have one of to the, have crazy stats. Particularly when one of the guys led the SEC in rushing, yeah. or at least when the voting. Like was I said, if if, Abra- if I think if Southern had won that game and they were going to go to the conference USA title game, he might win. But as it is, I think it's going to be Colin Hill. I think. Uh, and then uh, last but not least, number fourteen. There's a huge advantage right now for Mississippi State against Ole Miss. And what I mean by this is is that. What I mean by that is this. The recruiting trail for MSU has got to be easy now. Because if you're talking about the class of 2021, how can anyone commit to Ole Miss? You know Matt Luke is going out. You know it. You can't commit to Ole Miss. State should have the opportunity to commit a bunch of guys. And what does the 2021 class have in Mississippi that it hasn't had in a long time? Three or four elite receiving prospects. Three or four legit High four-star guys. And what does Joe Moorhead's God, offense he needs need? Them. He needs them. It needs receivers. Those guys should be Bulldogs. No question. Now, Ole Miss could, could hire the right coach next year and maybe flip one of those guys, but there there should come a time where at least two or three of those guys, and one of them already is in Deion Smith from Provine, should be committed to Mississippi State. Mississippi State should dominate in-state recruiting next year because Matt – you. You don't know with Joe Moorhead. He could have he could win seven games next year or eight games. Just I'm just saying he could do it. But Matt Luke's getting fired. Period. And that is a huge boost to recruiting. I don't know that I can remember a a situation where you had like a lame duck coach like that. Where you just knew it was. You just over. know. It's gotta have to be that way for Mississippi State. They have they have the advantage. This is this is the time to take advantage of it. We've been talking for like the last five years, like when the NCAA stuff is going to wrap up, State's going to be able to really have an advantage on Ole Miss. Here it is. This is it. Take advantage of it, or they, or you're never going to get ahead of them. And that's the way it is. What's the? We're talking about coaches and all that that thing before before you move on to talking about who's not getting coffee and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming Joe is back, what's the number now next year? What's he got to get? I got to look at the schedule. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I do it off the top of my head. But <sighs> he's got four winnable non-conference because NC State's not very good. Yep. You got Arkansas. Got to beat Arkansas. That's five. Ole Miss is still not good. Got to beat they, Ole Miss. They, you need to beat them six. at six. Got to beat Kentucky. You don't have to beat Kentucky, but you got to win at least one more of your other games. That yeah. would be seven, and then you have a chance to win eight in the bowl. I mean, and then you, in, all, in all honesty, you should, I mean you have Kentucky on the road. Not great. And Missouri at home. Not great. Both of those are winnable. Those are winnable games. So there's eight winnable games on the schedule, in my opinion. I don't think he'll get them all. And I don't know that... We talked about this the other day. The, the real thing for him would be to somehow win a game he's, a not, game he's supposed not supposed to win. to win. Beat A&M at home. 
uh, you know, next year. Well, he needs two things then. He needs to beat a team he's not supposed to beat. And, and not that lose. Team, and that team needs to continue to win. Yeah. So that they, they're at the end of the year, you look at them like, wow, he won that game. And then not only that, he needs the teams not lose the games he's supposed to win. But yeah, I think, like I said, those games, there, there are winnable games on the schedule next year. We'll see if he does it or not. Let's not talk about next year. Let's talk about something important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. It's Black Friday. Also at Strange Brew Coffee House, not only are they open 5.30 a.m. to midnight, but they are doing 10% off all drinks, all merchandise, and all baked goods all day on Black Friday. So no matter when you show up, you can get your favorite drink, your favorite uh, pastry, or maybe a new coffee mug or anything else. Buy some, buy coffee, you know, the, the, uh, the beans, dry, ground them yourself, grind them yourself. It's all 10% off at Strange Brew Coffee House. Only one game, right? So only one person not getting coffee. And I'm not going to the maroon and white. Elijah Moore should never be allowed to have coffee again. He can never have coffee. Coffee is for closers. Not to mention the fact that caffe- caffeine's like a diuretic. It makes you have to pee. So <laughs> he, he Then may, he wouldn't be he simulating. May, he may actually urinate yeah. on something. So, so. Keep it short and sweet. Elijah Moore, no coffee for you. Back on Monday, and we'll have probably a lot more to talk about. We, we'll have... A, we should have perfect clarity on what's happening with Joe Moorhead. I think he's staying. Joel thinks he's staying. We'll find out for sure. Uh, beyond that, we'll talk. Uh, I don't know what else we'll talk about between now and then. We'll catch up the all the weekend in the SEC, and uh, we'll figure it out from there. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope you had a good one. Talk to you again on Monday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.